Welcome to Rain City Supercars, brought to you by Haggerty and broadcast live from Drivers Club. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And it's episode 59, and we've got somebody we've been trying to track down for several years. Yes. Mr. Peter Gleason. He's been hiding. He's been hi- Well, he hides from us a lot. That's fine. But he's been a big fan and a big help at, at Exotics at Revan Town Center and has a beautiful collection. And uh, welcome, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. I, you make it sound like I've been laying on the mattress or whatever they call no, it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Just avoiding us like the plague. So that's fine. Like most know. people. I can't yes. be the only one, though, can I? No. Oh, I mean, the email list that goes out is a lot less than it comes in. But okay. Before I start this, I've got to have a little beverage. So, but <laughs> brought to you by Rainier. Peter, thank you for coming in. I really do appreciate it and taking time out of your day to uh, come in and kind of tell your story because I think it's a, it's a very interesting one that. Dan and I sort of know pieces too, but I think we can kind of put it into one story today. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite things about talking to Peter is I always get a new story every time I talk to him because he's lived a life, he continues yeah, to live a life. He, yeah, he continues well, to start and forget the other stories, though. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, coming from where I come from, it was, it, I was always sort of aiming for something else, something else, and it pushed me in directions. I was never happy with where I was, and I think I've done that in most things I've done, and it, it sort of explains the role I play in business as well. Is I go in and sort out bad situations because I sort of, and I always look at things and go, okay, how can this be done better? How can I do better? How can I move further? And that I probably should be slowing down now, but who knows? <laughs> Why start slowing down now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a pretty good life model. Let's go in and make it better. So many people are going in going, what could I do less? Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. All right. So um, for our for our listeners, let's and that don't know you and haven't met you, let's let's go back and kind of. Talk about where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, I come, I'm out of South London. If you're from London, you'll know how important it is to state which side you're from. Any of the big cities in the world, please don't mistake me for an East Londoner or anything like (laughs) that. So it it does it. Um, You know, I grew up there and I like, I suppose the easiest way I can describe it is we grew up as poor as you can grow up in a first world country. It's, um, and you know, like many cities in America, you know, but it's not it's not African poor or Indian poor or things like that. But uh, I grew up poor and I, I, I knew at an early age I wasn't going to stay poor. I uh, I started working at eight years old in a street market, uh, just getting cups of tea for people. And then at uh, 13 in construction and, uh, you know, very quickly learned all the trades uh, as much as I could, you know, and... Um, I, by the time I was in my early 20s, I became a partner in that business and, and grew from there. But it was, um, it was, you know, as I've always said to my kids, hard work. And every single time it was hard work. I can remember being a teenager and the boss of the construction company complaining that I drove better cars than he did. And I worked <laughs> for him. And so there was always a car interest. There was always, a, a, you know, an interest to better myself and that. And uh you know, that was where I started, and construction was really my route. So you, you were, the same business you started in at 13, you yeah. were a partner in, it, it's the same construction business? It was the same construction wow. business, and then, um, and then basically in the, in the mid-80s, I mean, anybody could make money in construction in the UK. It was just so damn easy. And I looked at, the, I was renovating homes for guys who were making more money than I was, and I went, you know what, maybe I should be doing that. So... I uh, I then started actually acquiring uh, not a lot but a few properties myself and and getting involved in that part of the market and then got extremely lucky and I, I think along the way we all need luck and in 1989 when the crash happened in the UK my portfolio was I just happened to have nothing in my portfolio I'd had a guy that was playing me about I was trying to be big time Charlie Taters as we say in England that um, I was trying to buy a big property in a place called Radlett in Hertfordshire that was a six bedroom house I was going to turn it into three five bedroom homes and in a really affluent area and the guy just kept putting the price up and in the end I was able to raise one finger to him and say goodbye because the crash happened and (laughs) there I was sitting with basically nothing in my portfolio so the crash happened and I didn't get burnt so I got that was you know definitely one of my lucky bonus yeah yeah Yeah. so in doing that and then by a fluke I got involved in um uh uh, the business world you know the guys with suits on Mm -hmm. you know so I always thought you know you look at mechanics and look at construction and people complain about you know what they're getting taken advantage of and whatever and I go you guys 
are nothing compared to the guys in suits, the guys on Wall Street or the City of London. And I got involved in that world and I was asked to invest in a product. I don't know if you remember it called VCR Plus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah back in yeah. the day. So I was asked to invest in VCR Plus and I actually said, yeah, no, nah, I don't give anyone else my money. And um, I invested in it and it was a bunch of crooks with suits on. Yeah. And the, oh. yeah. <laughs> so within a couple of months, I'd invent identified the crooks for what they were. I called together the investors and, and said, look, everybody's being shafted. There was some heavy hitting investors involved. I was a, the smallest player in the group. And they just looked at me and said, okay, what do we do? And I said, just everybody, tell everybody what's going on. Yeah. No secrets. We ended up, I actually ended up coming over here to Pasadena for the parent company called Gemstar in Pasadena. Saw them, they wouldn't talk to me because of antitrust. But they said, if the company doesn't exist anymore in the UK, we'll talk to you. Closed down their finance lines. And just basically, uh, then they they offered me, they came in with um, some even worse people than they were and offered me all my money back and uh, 10% on top to go away. And I said, no. And uh, <laughs> they, they said, because uh, I said you had to look after everyone else. Yeah. And I still work with them investors today. Them investors from like literally talking about 91 uh that a group of investors i never really knew and it's always been continuously that case of dealing with problem situations that identified that i saw the crooks for what they were and over the years they've asked me to go in and sort out crap you find the crooks yeah yeah yeah, yeah i know i find that <laughs> I, I, I like sorting out I, i've got one skill set and it's the only skill set we've got is common sense. Mm-hmm. I've got the only one. I do still listen to my gut. And I always say women are better at it than men. Women listen to their gut much more than men do. And I, your gut normally, when you first meet someone and your gut says, I don't know about that guy. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes, no, 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 he's a really, really good guy. And then five years later, you find out that he shafted someone or he's done something or whatever. Your gut normally is is a good indicator so i'll do it i've literally dealt in technology medicine pharmaceutical and i don't claim to understand the science but if they understand the science they should be able to explain it to me sure yeah if you can't explain it simply you don't understand it well (laughs) there's there's two reasons is in business i've gone for there's only two reasons they 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 can't make me understand is is one is they don't know what they're talking about, or two is they're trying to trick me. Yeah. End of subject. If you know what you're dealing in the business you're dealing with, you should be able to explain it. And that even goes as far as, I remember a spacewalk simulation machine for NASA. The guys were trying to get me into a company that dealt with electromagnetic rams. And one of their customers was NASA. So in doing due diligence, I call NASA. Start speaking to the engineer, and the engineer's like, because there's just an 800 number for NASA? No, no, no. You just call. Just, <laughs> just call. call. <laughs> but what you do is, it, that's the other thing as well. Pick up the phone. Call yeah. people. People are so scared. You call, you get that guy who tells you to go to that guy who tells you to go to that guy. And I end up getting the engineer. The engineer started talking in gobbledygook. And I went, slow down, slow down. I'm not an engineer. Here's what I'm doing. I'm doing due diligence on this company that deals with electromagnetic rams and that. Yeah. And the guy went, great and went straight into layman's terms and basically told me I shouldn't be investing in that company. (laughs) So that was it. But don't be frightened to pick up the phone. Cool. It's funny because one of the things I do for work is crisis management, and that's my number one trick. Everybody sends emails around the company. I'm like, well, who do we need to go talk to? Yeah. Let's go say hi because chances are they didn't screw up because they intended to. If once I get that conversation going, there's that face-to-face and that rapport of, I know you, you know me, and you know my voice, and now I'm a person and not just some dude who's saying, hey, why is this messed up? It's There's probably something going on, and we can probably work it out a lot easier. You're just building those relationships is the, everything. These people that send 80 emails for a phone call that could happen in six minutes, it's just like, okay, well, well <laughs> just call me. Yeah, yeah I, I understand point. the written record aspect yeah. of email and texting sure. and stuff like that. There's some things I want in writing, and I want to under, especially if I'm doing a, a technical thing where I need to explain to 100 other people of what on the very technical details of what's going on is going on. That's fine. But when it comes to just solving problems quickly or getting to the root of the thing, you get that gut feeling of somebody and they realize that in my case, like actually I don't 
want to villainize them. I want to help them. Like there's a problem and I think yep. you could fix it and I want to help you because then we're both looking good. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it makes the company better. It makes us better. Dan likes to look good. Yeah. And he does a good job at looking good. <laughs> so it's the guy in the hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you're on the radio. Yeah, yeah? pretty much. We, <laughs> we say that all the time. We have face for radio. Perfect yep. face for radio. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I often don't, I mean, I'll be involved in companies with CEOs that are really superb at their particular science. In fact, recently with one, very, I mean, guy, very, very clever guy. Had a problem with a major mining company. Called me in the office and, Pete, how are we going to deal with this? And I said, pick up the phone. He said, what? I said, phone the guy. Tell him the problem we got. He went, but, but. I said, no, no, no. Explain the problem. And we'll deal with it together. Because guess what? The rumours and people not knowing. One of the worst things is if you don't deal with it, the, 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 the whole rumour mill goes on and yeah. nothing gets dealt with no. just face it it just hit it head on deal with it even if it's a customer you just tell the customer and get on and do it yep. it's surprising how often the customer wants to help you get through the problem yeah oh yeah it's, gonna say, it's in their best interest yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but if they don't know about it and you're trying to deal with it behind mm-hmm. no don't yep. happen well i mean you mentioned before like you we were laughing uh, a little bit off the break there uh, uh <laughs> The break? The break? There. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm having a brain fart moment. No, that you were joking about the fact that you, you've had a love for cars since you were a kid. Yeah. I mean, and, and growing up in, in London, you used to sneak out uh, to, which, which racetrack was it? To Brands see? Hatch. Brands Hatch and watch, watch the cars, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where you grew for a love of, of, of automobiles? or. Well, it, it was, I wouldn't say that. It, it was before that. It was the, the fact that it, it, no one ever drove a car that I knew there was first off in London you could do that but particularly being poor I can remember our, our apartments uh, and they were council housing what you guys call the projects our apartments there was three blocks of 40 block 40 homes each and there was one car in 120 apartments it probably unheard of in America you know yeah. but but it wasn't that unusual then in in the 60s there so I equated having a car with being successful being wealthy so I used to wander the streets and a lot like, much like big cities here as well, the, the really, really bad areas would be really, really close to the really, really affluent areas. And Elephant and Castle and Brixton, where I grew up, the two areas, which are not far from each other, there, you literally crossed the water and you was in Westminster. Okay. I mean, you was in as good an area as you could you could possibly be so it's very easy for a street urchin like myself to wander about or even see on the streets the people in cars like e-type jaguars or you know the bmws that i now love so it was it was that was the first thing that cars were a status symbol to me and and then the the love of racing come along and brands hatch being so close one of my claims to fame was I've never paid to go in the door. And I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've been there. And how cheap can you be? That, you know, <laughs> but if you do it often enough, it kind of becomes a thing that you, yeah, you don't want to pay to get in. But it, it was me. It's and a challenge in itself. Cause, yeah. yeah. They figure out how you got there and you got to exactly. find another way. Yeah. Us guys used to, I mean, it was a glory moment when you got the brands at you and watched all these great drivers in the early, you know, late, well, really early 70s, you know. It was, it was, uh, yeah, I went down there, I watched it and the noise and everything about it. It was, it was so alien to us. Yeah. It, it definitely was. There's nothing like being at a racetrack and smelling the rubber and the gas. and yeah, To explain yes. it yeah. to people. To explain it to people. You watch it on the TV all day long, but it ain't the same. No, not it, even it, close. Yeah. So uh, you were saying earlier in the interview that uh, you, your boss was saying you had nicer cars than he did. Yeah. What, what were you driving when you were in your Well, it was like, I don't know if you if they was actually here. I mean, I remember one particular car was a, a, the Square Granada, so the, the, the full Granada. Uh-huh. And I remember I had it in this ridiculously bright green. What, what year was it? Uh, that car would have been about a 78 car in about 81. My first car was a 1979 Ford Granada, and it was Granny Apple Green. So I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. There I had go. the four-door version. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah the, um, so he was, uh, and I remember he was driving an old Cortina, and he was like... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. He said, this doesn't work out. I know how much I'll pay you. <laughs> so, but, it was, uh, it, but, but it was, to me, it was a status symbol. It was... Uh, sure. And my wife, who's a family therapist, is, she very eloquently explains it as poor boy syndrome. You want things. And to be honest, if you watch anything, and, and I know it's shallow, but 
to admit to, but if you watch anything and you watch, a, you know, these, like it used to be Cribs or, you know, yeah. sports star making sure. it, they want things. Yeah. You never see someone who's successful in the NFL still living in a, you know, a, a, a government house, you know, whatever right. it might be. Very yeah. few yeah. people on Cribs go, now let me show you my 401k. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Yeah. but it's, you, you like things around you, and you become because you never had them as a kid. It, it, it becomes even more important. So, what was your first like, really nice car purchase? That one that you were so proud of? Oh God, I was always proud of them. Oh, that's yeah, even yeah. better. That's, yeah. yeah, I was always proud of them. I remember getting the, the my first car, first ever. So my mum and dad never drove ever. My mum's still alive. It's never driven. Um, so I was, you know. I'm sure you uh, had many in, in England. It, going in a pub is as long as you're tall enough to right. see over yeah, the yeah. reach the bar. Yeah. Yeah, 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 doing that. So I was going in a local bar at about you know 14 and a half, 15 years uh-huh. old, and I remember I was probably about 17, driving age, and a buddy of mine uh, in the bar, and he said, "My dad's selling his Austin three liter," and we all loved this car. We'd all been in here, even looked after it so well, and I went home that night. And I was like, yeah. And I phoned Peter. The guy's name was Peter. I phoned Peter and I said, look, would your dad sell that car to me? And he was like, Pete, you can't drive. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I want the yeah, car. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you can't drive. So whatever I was. And um, I literally bought the car. It delivered at my girlfriend's house, outside the girlfriend's house, because her dad was going to teach me. And... I had the keys and I was going to walk home or get a bus or do something like that. And I went, you know what? No. And I just got in the car and drove it. And, that was, <laughs> and I was so proud of that car. But boy, oh boy, did I dent every panel. <laughs> Learning a Pride of ownership. But like yeah. you said, first yeah. car. I mean, yeah, I, and that, that was a sense of a sense of, that you'd made something of yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I looked for it. And yeah, it, every, every, and I'm lucky enough to have what I have now. But every single car, I'm excited about getting it. I'm always oh, excited. I, I love seeing your stories when you get a new car because you post in what is it, your Facebook group, Evolution Munich Evolution M- Munich Evolution. Yeah. yeah, and I love seeing your post because there's a story with every single one. Well, that's the important part of me, the soul. You know, the yeah. whole the whole thing of 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 you know where it come from. And I've actually over the years, I've actually had cars that I really really wanted, but had no soul. And I've gone, yeah, no. Nah can't do it and and it's really hard to explain to some people yeah because the car may be beautiful the car may look great and one i remember is a, a, a gullwing a 300 sl gullwing and i said to the guy where'd it come from and he said oh i got it from so and so and and doing that and what's the rest of the story or where's the paperwork and he gave me a handbook and a bill of sale and i was like yeah but where's it been where's it been where's the, and the guy's like well no and the car was beautifully restored yeah. and that and i said I went to lunch with him and I said, hey, Gordon, I can't buy this car. He said, why not? I said, it's got no soul. So it's just like it's fell out of the sky. And maybe I should have bought it when you look where gold wings have gone. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Financially, it's probably yeah. a good investment. You should have made yeah. a call. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you should have called somebody. I, know, yeah. I should have done. Yeah. 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 Well, let's take a quick break and we come back. We'll talk more about uh, the move from London to here and other cars. Sure. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. And we're back, um, and we're sitting here talking to our guest, Peter Gleason, about his childhood in uh, London and, and his love of cars. And South London. South London. Yeah, yeah. Please, guys, please. I, I, please. <laughs> to be honest, real, you know, man. <laughs> let, uh, to be 100% honest, London's never let me in, so I don't really know the, the, uh, the town that well. So. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, I could, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. I signed that petition. Yeah, exactly. Something about an international incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not technically international if they don't let you on the soil. But yeah. They've all seen love, actually. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'm not talking about that. We yeah. don't hold grudges for 250 no. years. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so you were talking about sneaking or never being, you've never paid to get into Brands Hatch, no, as you put it. No, And seeing these cars go around and seeing some of some of the best racing in the history, I mean, in the 60, late 60s and 70s and, yep. you know, I mean, when when Ferrari was dominating and Ford was, was, was coming back and, and seeing things that, you know, in person, which you just can't 
get the vibe of on TV. Oh no, definitely no. not. Yeah, and no. I mean it's you know it. I would I would have died to be there. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm being a, a small child, being a born in '79. I didn't, didn't get to witness get, that stuff. But. I get excited going to watch lapping days. So yeah. just being at the track is a whole different story. I, I can watch a good race, like like a, a true like F1 race. I cannot watch NASCAR. It's like another left no, turn. I can't. I can't. The technology that goes into the cars, I, I love. Yeah, cool. I will watch yeah, anything absolutely. about that. That's just. I'm still trying to figure out how those F1 drivers are driving with that giant halo in front of their face. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Yeah. <laughs> the um, I, I I listen. If anyone's got a passion for anything, I'm I'm good with it. NASCAR, whatever right, it yeah. might be, you know. I, I I do think more people should have more passions, but there, there's definitely. I don't want to turn into one of them old guys that says, "But in my day, yeah, you know, back in my but, day." But you really did wonder about the pits, and you didn't think it was a big deal if there was a GT40 there or GTO or whatever. It just was another great car, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I can remember with my boys, my my two boys uh, being about, they was probably about seven and five, and I was at Silverstone, and there was six GTOs together, and I'd never seen six GTOs together in that time. And this was obviously in the early 90s, and I said to my boy, stand there and I'm going to take a picture because you won't see this again. And I was like, oh, Dad, another picture. <laughs> and now they're grown up. They're, Dad, can we have a copy of that yeah, picture? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. Please, yeah. please, please. please. Well, yeah. I've never seen six GTOs together, even at Pebble Beach or anything. Yeah, so. Pebble oh. did. The Pebble, I was at the, when Pebble yeah, did it, yeah. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years yeah. ago. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. there for that one. Yeah. That's not my fault. It's still yeah. <laughs> well, you Fair enough. It. I mean, up until recently, we had, what did we have, four or five in the local area? Yeah. yeah. I mean, two lived next door to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. In You know, it, so many people in the world, I mean, you know, you, if you ask people outside of America to point out where Seattle is, mm-hmm. they, they just wouldn't have a clue, you know, and you say Washington, and I think it's the other Washington, yet four of the GTOs were sitting in this little area. I still yeah. remember the day uh, Greg drove up to Exotics in the rain. We had that rainy... Uh, we had a Ferrari day, and it was raining. Oh, that cool. And, oh, and he the pulled photos. up, and it's yeah. just... GTO, F40, I mean, in yeah. the rain, these cars pull up, and it was just like, oh, if, they, if you couldn't get any better of a Washington picture ever uh-huh. when you see well, that. Well, we talk about how lucky we are to live here. And yeah. And, and obviously, you are you're you come and contribute to Exotics Revan Town Center a lot and things like that. And the amount of collectors, not not necessarily I, people go, oh, there's so much money there. It's like, no, it's people that collect, and it, they're, they're, yeah. they're very precise about their collecting. Yep. I'm, I mean, talking <laughs> <laughs> preaching to the choir. <laughs> preaching to the choir here, but I mean, the car collector collections that are in this area, and, and this and down to Portland, too, are amazing. And the amount of history, um, you talk about history of racing and hist- you know car making history. It's just incredible. Yeah, and uh, ambulance history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The um, I always I don't know if you know about it. Don Williams always been a great guy in the car world, and he's an old man now. And Don Williams has got a great saying about Seattle. He says that you know that space needle thing they got up there. He said that's not a space needle. And she said it's a damn magnet that pulls all the best cars in. <laughs> that's a good point. And there's a lot of really you know underground collections as well. There's a lot you wouldn't know here unless you was doing what you guys do and actually get to find people. There's a lot of really great, really great collections up here. You'd think you'd know by now, Dan. <laughs> you can't hear it. My computer's just beeping at us. Oh, okay. in the thing. Right. He actually doesn't pick it up on the headsets. <laughs> yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah. For our yeah. listeners, that's why we keep freaking out because <laughs> it's super loud in the headsets. <laughs> Sorry Peter just that. keeps coming off his chair. Oh, yeah. no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, no, you're right. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of collections people do not know about. And th- for good reason, people don't want them to know about it. And yeah. I, I, I've never been that type of person, nor have I ever had a collection like that where I could sit there and look at a car and be like, oh, it's nice. <laughs> you got to drive it. You got to get out there. You got to. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, one of, one of the things is when anyone comes around my building, if ever you've done it, I always say the only important point is you don't tell anyone where it is. Yep. Cause yeah. Because obviously for security. But I enjoy sharing the. Pa- I mean, what would be the good of having a car in a dark warehouse and drooling over it on your own? What the hell would that be for? Yeah. You know, just, I enjoy, you know, I know I'm lucky. I enjoy sharing the passion with others, you know. And sure. it's, uh, it's fun taking the things out, giving them a drive. I started a car up the other day that I hadn't started for a while, and fuel went everywhere. And I was like, oh, God, I knew I should have driven this car more. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not you know, on the list to start. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a list, don't worry, of uh, work that needs doing. Yeah, we were at a Christmas party not long ago, and I remember for one of the collectors here, and I remember going through his garage. I mean, I've seen every single one of these cars except for maybe two drive up. I've 
not sitting. Like they've all been driven. I've seen it's them. Very all. hard to drive a moon rover, Dan. Yeah, no, that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't move so much. I wish I was joking, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was cool that I had seen all of them out of the context of just the warehouse or a show space. I'd also seen them all either driving around, strangely enough, or at exotics where I'd be. Yep, drove it in that day. Yeah, these amazing we all live cars. here. We know they don't melt in the rain. Exactly, they really don't. And actually, your your, your rain is not because you don't salt like we do in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So it really actually does make a big difference when they salt on the east coast and whatever they do. It, their cars really rot. But and the other thing is with our classics is listen, I don't intentionally go out when it's bucketing down, but I've been caught in the rain yeah. a lot. And the reality is, we don't drive them all the time. So they're not going to, you know, they, if they've yeah. been looked after, they're not going to yeah. rot out. And uh. I'm still trying to figure out, like, how my 1959 Triumph that leaks like a sieve in the rain yeah. <laughs> was built in a country where all it does is rain. Yeah. <laughs> I was someone from Seattle saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Go, 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 pot, kettle, whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's been called worse. Yeah. So when did the magnetism of the Space Needle draw you in? And is well, that it, where you landed? No, it, it, it well, it really didn't draw me in. It was a woman. It was as simple as that. It's my wife. She was from here. She grew up in Edmonds, and um, I met her in the UK. Uh, she was teaching at an American school there. Uh, one of the things her parents said to her is, whatever you do, don't come home with an Englishman. So, you know <laughs> you know what kids are like when you say that. You're going to lie to my parents, you're Welsh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, 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 honestly. No, no, no Englishman no, no. would ever do that. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Adam, Adam, <laughs> Adam, Adam. <laughs> I, I even ask Adam. No, even <laughs> ask Adam. He will tell you. He will tell you. Yeah, no, Englishman's <laughs> ever going to say that. So, and um, we, had, we had homes in both places. I obviously loved it here. And the intention was one day to retire here. And when I was about 45, I just went, why am I waiting until I retire? I love it there. I enjoy it there. It's a lot of fun there. And, and there's been, it's quite funny because I've never actually worked Anywhere in Seattle area, uh, ne- never. Uh, every time I've worked, it's not a mining area, and I do a lot in mining now. Oh, okay. And um, so I end up in Vancouver and and um, things like that. But the it, it, I love being here. I love the way of life here. So at forty five years old, I said, why don't, why why wait until you're sixty five? Just get and do it. And I did it, and I enjoy it. And it's it's actually been a great thing with the collecting. Is It'd be hard to build a collection like this in the UK because Americans have a very good attitude to, collect, uh, uh, to people doing well that, that started off with nothing. It's like good on him. And in England, they kind of say it, but then they kind of want to knock you down. If you, if How you, dare you climb out of the pit? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Sure, yeah. There's still a class system there. Sure. And it'd be very much a, you know, even when I started to become successful and I saw other people started to become successful later one of the things i used to say to them is be very very careful it's not that you change it's people change towards you and you don't want to change but you do end up going on better holidays or buying better homes or buying better cars and then every subject becomes how much was that pete how much did that cost and then you don't want to say what it costs because you know it's not they're great people and it's it's funny i mean i've still got a lot of good friends are just ordinary jobs back home you know, really ordinary jobs. But you see some people start changing towards you when you get that yeah. success. And that's not the American way. The American way is good on him. Done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done, yeah It really is. It's, it's one of the great things about your country. I just call it joy credits. What'd that cost? Uh, it's five joy credits. Doesn't yeah, yeah. Cost. <laughs> yeah. This is how much joy it brings me every time I look at it. Well, yeah. it's actually true, isn't it? It doesn't matter if it costs a dollar or if, it, if, if I paid a dollar for it, you'll think I stole it. No. If I paid a million pounds for it, you'll think I was robbed. Mm-hmm. So what does it matter what it costs? Yeah. See the smile on my face? That's what it costs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy and I'm, I'm, it's joyful to be able to have something like that. So Exactly. So it was uh, Jennifer and, uh, you know, it came over here, lived here. You know, my, I've got two boys. One decided to stay in England and um, he's now working in Egypt, but based in England. The other one came over here, went to UW. Uh, he's the one that's a comedian on the Colbert Show. So he's uh, he's not actually a comedian on the Colbert Show. He works for the Colbert yeah, Show. Yeah. Just Which is something I had no idea we were talking yeah. about before we came on here. That's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, it was, he decided a couple of years ago, he was with NBC Sports. He'd done everything. He'd done Formula One. He'd, he's a kid right, who ends up doing Formula One for NBC. He's not in the cast. Okay? He's a comedian. He's at, he's at the US Grand Prix 
he's sitting next to Damien Hill and he texts me and goes, Dad, Dad, quick, what's that car you own, own that Graham Hill drove? Because <laughs> he don't even know. You know? <laughs> and he wants to have a conversation with sure. him, but he doesn't yeah. know what it is. So I had to text him and give him the details on one of my cars. <laughs> Doing that. Now, the eldest one is, is dearly in the cars. But no, and so Billy went to school here and um, loved it here. And I don't think he'll ever go back to the UK. Huh. He's uh, he's been here ten years now, nice. and um, and doing that. So that's what dragged me here. A woman, as simple as that. That's a good yeah. reason. We yeah. understand that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll do a lot for a good woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you started, when you, you you said that you know you you owned about up uh, six cars up to about two thousand eight. Eight. Yeah. And 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 kind of just had a realization in your mind that it was time to to yeah. enjoy. It was, and and I. You know, I can always put it down to that recession is that I just literally looked at my bank account and I was, you know, you go to the bank manager at the end of the year and he'd give you a balloon. It doesn't matter how, many, <laughs> how, how much money you have. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I literally said, who's going to enjoy my money, him or me? And, you know, at the at risk of, I, I say this a lot to people, I just went, you know what, sorry, I'm going to enjoy my money. What does numbers on a bank account mean? Enjoy my money. I get out there. I love my, I love the cars I've bought. You know, as I explained earlier, and I, you know, many people in the financial world, you know, where I've earned my money, have said to me, you know, what will you do if the car market collapses? And I go, nothing. I love everything I've got in my garage. (laughs) Going to start driving things more. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to put miles on them. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or I might start buying more. Yeah. You know, it just, if you don't love it, you shouldn't have it. Yeah. You You really shouldn't. And so uh, your collection is based a, a, a lot around BMW, but before yeah. 2008, you said the, what were the six cars that you had? Where, where was the collection at then? Oh, before 2008, I God, let me think back. So, <laughs> so odd, many cars. No, yeah. some odd stuff. So yeah. the the first, looking at the collection that was here, there was um, I had a Lincoln Continental Mark IV with 12,000 miles on it. But listen to this. It was white and lipstick, so it had red shag pile carpet, and I got the number plate Huggy B for Huggy Bear <laughs> on it. <laughs> and I so, I mean, the car was worth nothing, but yeah. I so regret selling that. I had a Jensen Interceptor convertible. I had a, I had the E-Type that I've still got now. Right, that's I, a beautiful. Did you car. get that like, from Woodenville or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> of all the, of all the places, places that came out of Woodenville, yeah. and I'd look forever in the UK yeah. and never ever had one. <laughs> and then I found that car in Woodenville, yeah. you know. And it was a Microsoft guy, spent a fortune on it, and then just was scared to drive it. And um, I'm trying to fit. There was uh, some other bits and pieces. There was a Lotus. There was just, uh, and I had a CSL. I did have a, a, a white CSL then. Um, so there was just, I bought things that, that, that I kind of hankered after, loved, like the Jensen Interceptor convertible, you know, always wanted one, I bought one, it wasn't a particularly good car, but I got that out of my system, and yeah. that's gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, yeah we've Been had there, a few done of those, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible car, but I owned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was there. Well, I, I've been lucky enough over the years to be able to indulge myself in that, Yeah. and sometimes you buy one, though. And, and first off, it doesn't live up to your expectations. Other times, you'll buy one and you'll go, geez, I only bought that for fun, but boy, it stays. Yeah. And, and I've, yeah. Got, I've got cars in the collection that have stayed because they've actually become important to the collection. I bought a few cars just for fun that have blown me away and stuck with me. My S2000 was one of those. Bought it totally not I caring. I still can't believe that. Like it's Rear-wheel yeah. drive Honda convertible, and I was like, hey, it'll be fun to roll for some yeah. time. And I bought it in the middle of winter, and I had a riot with that car. And I ended up selling it for and I paid for it. Yeah, he he yeah. also drove through Montana in the middle of winter in that car. January. Good on you. Yeah, well, done. Great. well done. Well done. Super fun. Well, that's what I, I, the Hemi Superbird. Yep. Yeah. The Hemi Superbird, I literally, I was at an auction, happened to be looking at it, and um, one of the guys that works for the auction, actually, um, a local guy, was, uh, Pete, what are you doing looking at this? I said, but the car's so nice, and it was 17,000 miles from you, a real Hemi Superbird. Wow. And it was 2011. The, the, the muscle car market had tanked, yeah. tanked, right? And I'd wandered off to another auction. My phone rang and he went, Pete, that the owner of that car just wants the car gone. He said, if you want to put in a bid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like... That's the car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I bought it for fun. I expected to keep it a year or two, whatever, and then be out of it. 
it's hilarious. It drives like a piece of crap. Right? It, doesn't, it, does, it doesn't do anything you want it to do but go in a straight line. Sure, yeah. It really doesn't. But you can't help but smile. Oh, you've got to put it on a NASCAR track where the straight line just curves. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but you can't, you can't stop smiling when you drive it. You sure. really can't. You know. And if you're going to have one muscle car in a collection, the Hemi Superbird is not a bad <laughs> car to have in a collection. It's a good place to start. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you go up from there. but uh, yeah. yeah, no kidding. Was, we, we've joked before we drove the uh, the Haggerty Classic and we drove their 67 all-original RS convertible. Yeah. And if, if you've ever driven an all-original car from the 60s, as I've said before, you will wish for the handling of a 2005 Toyota Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember driving it. Float so and much. And he was behind us in Blake's Citroen and he goes, you're going into the corners. He goes, you're locking up the rear wheels. You don't realize you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, the, the drums would on the lock bridge, up. Yeah. Like, they are. But they, they, that's, that's part of the involvement. That's yeah, part of the sure. fun, isn't it? You know, they just, they really, I mean, modern cars drive so well, but that's why everybody's asleep at the wheel, aren't they? Yeah, you know, exactly. going along. It just, it, I'll drive up to Canada a lot, and it drives me mad that people just, in a lane, just keep going. Yeah. It can, you know, anyway. Oh, Tesla's sure. not helping. Some police this week arrested a guy at a gas station that fell asleep in his car. I don't know why he drove his Tesla to the gas station, but yeah. <laughs> There's a great YouTube video yeah. of a woman trying to fill a Tesla. Yes. It, oh, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> the best part is they sit there and they let her do it for uh, a no. while <laughs> before well, he goes up and tells her. Like you wouldn't? No, oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get better footage. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. And then they went and told her at the end. Oh, yeah. She's just like, oh, dear. Oh, yeah, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my point was, I looked at that video and I thought, yeah, that probably means if she pulled into that gas station, that means the Tesla was almost on empty. <laughs> right? <laughs> I wonder how she got it home. Plug yeah. it into the one. Yeah. Or she's got some not nice people she works yeah, with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And went, hey, do us a favor. Go, go and fill that up. Go fill up the <laughs> Tesla, would you? Yeah. 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 She, first day on the job. Absolutely. Know? Well, I mean, somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. You, you said the only, the, so far, the only muscle car in your collection is, is the Superbird? Well, no, I've got a couple more in there now, but they're not, they're not, they don't have the same. Attachment to the collection. I got, I got a uh, a Mac One with a three fifty one Cleveland in nice. it, uh, nineteen seventy one, in lime green. And the reason I bought that car was actually connected to working in the street market as a kid. It was nineteen seventy one. On a Saturday, if you drove through the market, you was one or two things. You was a complete idiot. Or you was one of the local wise guys trying to show off a new car you had, you know. <laughs> and this was one of the local tough guys coming through the market. But I, I didn't. I heard, I was twelve years old. I heard this noise that I'd never heard in my life. The typical yep. American V8 rumble. I mean, literally shaking the ground, going. And he couldn't have been doing more than three mile an hour. And I've, I stood at the edge of the stall and watched this grabber blue. Mac one come past just really slowly and I just was like oh my god and I never forgot it and then I was at lunch a couple of years ago with a local guy who's a Mustang guy and I said if ever you hear of one um let me know and about three months later there was one in Lake Sammamish was on Craigslist and <laughs> again Pacific Northwest yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> the guy had fully restored it and wanted to buy something else and and that was it so I've got that and I've got a I've got a 2008 Mustang GT500 convertible in a red stripe pack. Really, really weird story. Come to the US. Oh, there's another car. I had a yeah. 427 Corvette before I started doing all that. Yeah. So, come here. Everybody said, Pete, you've got to buy a muscle car. You've got to buy a muscle car. I'll buy a 427 Corvette. Biggest piece of crap I've ever owned. <laughs> Old school or new school? C6 as in like... It, it, the 1968. Oh, 68. Okay, first yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Fully restored. Yeah. Bad cars. It wasn't the car's fault. It, whoever restored it. Restored it, it yeah. But yeah. And um, so I was like, you know what? Sod the old ones. I'm going to buy one of the brand new ones because everybody says they're so good. So I got a lesson in American uh, <laughs> car manufacturers there. So in 2008, I get the hottest, the fastest, whatever. And then by 2009, it's superseded. And in 2010, <laughs> yep. it's superseded. Yeah. So, um, but we I've like to one-up ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every year. Yeah, exactly. Every year. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, so I've still got that now. And you've got a, uh, you said a Mustang? Or no, a GT500 convertible now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 2008. Yeah. 2008. Okay. 2008. Yeah. 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 Those Just come a long way too now. They have, yeah, the latest ones have, but they, um, I don't know how 
and the modern ones go around the corners, but the the, the, the magazine reports say they do. They finally got independent rear suspension. Yeah, so that's a that took long enough, didn't <laughs> it? Took it? A yeah. while. Well, they go over curbs really well. So yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. That's the most important. The Corvettes right. are still on leaf springs, yeah. transverse, but yeah. leaf still, still, <laughs> no, yeah, it's crazy. It's, I mean, the, the car culture in America, as you know, something that drove you here. Did, did you were talking about this as a kid and that that car coming through the market was that were American muscle cars like that big in England? No, okay, no, so that was that no. was a, not only a big deal to see that car, but to, yeah. okay, that was the first time at twelve years old I'd heard the American V eight Rumble. Okay. That was like, what the hell is that? Push rods and cams. Yeah, know? I just I, I had no idea, so it stuck with me. And I, like many car guys, we've all got these stories of things that stuck with us, and that's why we own certain cars. Sure. I was thinking of shipping it back to the UK just to recreate. Just to drive <laughs> no, that guy doing driving through the market. Yeah, yeah. No, same oh, market. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the same story in Leavenworth when I heard my first Countach for the first time, and that V, that Italian V12. Yeah. Man, that changed my life right there. I'd never heard anything like that in my entire life. Isn't it hard to explain to people who are not car people when you listen? Even I've got my, the M6 out there, and it's only the modern one with a V10. But even that V10 has a different sound of a V12 and a V8. And yeah. The V10, different sound. Mm-hmm. It really does. Well, I mean, you think I grew up with Subarus and like the the, the noise, flat the, the, four, the, the yeah. flat four. That way, the, yeah. no matter you took the mufflers off or what you did to it, it sounded the same. I mean, you, you, it was just still sounds like a Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I'm not going to say you're wrong. Uh, you know? <laughs> there's that tin canny so, uh, sound, but yeah, it's a very northwest car, isn't it? The Subaru. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of does the job. Like, it does. You know, it does. It won't let you down. I've been does. in places with with my my old Subarus that I've seen people with explorers and stuff stuck, and I'm just buzzing on through. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I hear you. It's a lot of fun. What's your winter driver? Is it the M6 still? Yeah, I kind of say that. Uh, I've got, I've got a truck because you got to have a truck in the US, and you, yeah. you almost you, you almost went full American. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. muscle car truck. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it, the wife it, Jennifer said to me, she went to me, uh, "Hey Pete, you know, go out and get a little truck just to run around and do something like that." So I went out and bought a Dodge Ram Hemi Rumblebee and all that, and I came back with it, and she said. I thought you was just going to buy a truck. truck. <laughs> I did. I did. It's a truck. Yeah, yeah. It's a fast truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> it is. The problem is when they're fast, they can't pull anything. No. That's, right. Yeah. That's the, I love the Ford Raptor, but it can't pull anything. It's like 6,000 no. pounds or something. I like Sh- what Shelby does with them. I yeah. saw one of those on the road yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I remember when Dodge came out with the, uh, the SRT 10 truck, and it yeah. had the Viper engine in it, and it was a stick. And I looked at that, and I said, why would you want to take your hands off the wheel ever? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll chip one of no. them. No. Hey, really? But, yeah. But okay. and, and they're fun with a stick. They're yeah. really yeah. fun. But the same thing. I can't pull sod all. Yeah. Like, no. I really. Yeah. And I just, I wish someone would do one that could pull. Mm-hmm. You know, it, uh, that would be awesome. There That's is a company that does a Raptor version uh, of the F-250 diesel. Like, they do a full-blown long travel kit on an F-250, basically. So you get the massive pull truck. I mean, it's not cheap, but it's uh, if you want to have some good time with the diesel. Yeah. yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, Hennessy's also doing the one where they'll turn it into a 6x6. Six six you know, yeah. <laughs> if you really <laughs> want to go nuts. Which I don't understand that, that uh, craze that's sweeping the nation. But yeah, uh, no. My videographer is telling me it's time to take a quick break. Okay. Uh, so we're going to take a quick, quick break, and we'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. Oh, and we're back. Me. And we're oh, back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Nobody knows back. who. No one's Somebody's back. Somebody's back. <laughs> we're all back. One of us is back. That was a great one bathroom break. <laughs> great bathroom <laughs> break. Yeah. Any one of you. That was a, a great, great, great pit stop. But yeah. <laughs> For our listeners, um, we are going to turn this into a two-part episode because we, on our next episode, we want to talk to Peter about his extensive love of BMW and get into that and the racing history of his cars and things. And, and there's uh, a story with every, each and every one of them, and there's a lot of them. Which you will want to hear. Yeah. But um, that's why this one's going to be a little bit shorter this time. But next Friday will be uh, the second version of Peter episode and we hope you tune in for that obviously you know listening to the stories here have been amazing and we really thank you for coming and also thank you for coming back next week aka in uh, five minutes and uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're definitely not recording that like that right no not at all no no hey jack actually before we go on this one because we get we still have a little bit of time okay sorry let's just come back from a break so be bye i wasn't (laughs) i wasn't gonna do that i was 
Okay. I'll sit here quietly. Uh, okay, I'm just girls, feel girls. Peaky blinders. Get, <laughs> yeah. There's your reference. Get, get girls, girls, <laughs> stop. Yeah, Please exactly. stop. <laughs> I have, of the new cars, I know you're. we're going to get into this in the next episode a lot about how your your love for BMWs and other cars often tends to be like pre-90-ish for the most part, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which which of the new ones have really struck your eye, though, recently? I mean, you're... Lo- new cars. Yeah, new cars. I just, I don't ever see you in anything new. You've always got these perfect classics, but... Yeah, um, you got the M6, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have to say that I, I like what Alpha's doing. Oh, yeah. I like what Alfa Romeo's doing. I really do. I, you know, I, I, I look at all the... I'm trying to think of all the different manufacturers out there, and no disrespect to supercars, but I love seeing Alpha come back and do the whole American thing, and, you know, even the, the, the 4C and all that. Yeah, I love the, I love the new Alphas. I think certainly for young kids looking, they look at them and the styling and just something, you know. I, I, I certainly like us all. We don't like seeing boxes, do we? I no. Got, yeah. Got no box. And I, you know, I, I love what uh, Dodge are doing with some of their outrageous, like the Demon and yeah. things like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Which makes you wonder what they're going to do next. I know. Right? 840 like, Brake horsepower in a Challenger. Yeah, it's <laughs> supposedly zero to sixty faster than a Veyron. Yeah, it's yeah. two and a half seconds or something crazy yeah. on the slicks that it comes in a with. Dodge. I think about that in a Dodge. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just blows you away, doesn't it? You yeah. know, for how much? What a hundred grand? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just nuts. Well, I mean, and getting back to your love of American cars and, and your love of Corvettes, I mean. Look what the the Z06 was doing. I mean, for the money, you could get a Z06 for 120, and it was blowing cars, Ferraris away at 300. I mean, yeah. Now the Zero One's out even after that. Zero One, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got it. Yeah, yeah. the Americans starting to keep up again. I love what you're saying about the Alpha though. The Quadrifoglio, yeah. a friend of mine has one of those as well, and that the style and the sound of that car, those carbon fiber seats in that thing too. It's just yeah. It just that, that they. Are, I haven't had one, but they just look appealing, don't they? You yeah. Know? And I I can understand a youngster gravitating towards one and just like dreaming of one i was know? looking at the was the stelio quattro for how do you say it um, the stelvio the stelvio the suv yeah the stelvio i mean stelvio? yeah stelvio? I think it sounds like a sweetener i don't know <laughs> down at down at ferrari <laughs> seattle and, and i mean that looked like a lot of fun car like yeah. i mean i love the, the a, a good four-door fast car but i also like this idea of these fast suvs you know that are coming on the market alpha's obviously huge into it um, which I, I and I I think so, I'm wondering if that trickle down from Alpha is will if we'll end up with an SUV from Ferrari and people like that. Now well, with Lamborghini on the market, changing the world. I know the, we got the Urus. Yeah, I still can't say that right. Yeah. <laughs> I did um, I, the uh, road and track for their 70th anniversary. Uh, picked their three greatest decades: the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. Mm-hmm. I picked one car from each decade, and the 70s was my CSL, my Levi CSL. But they they put them against three of the fast, hot SUVs of the same mark. So they had a D-type Jaguar against the the Jaguar SUV. They had a 911S Porsche against the hot, hottest Porsche SUV, and they X5M against my Levi CSL and it was amazing how fast these SUVs are now yeah. thankfully God if you get the 70th anniversary of road and track thankfully my CSL did beat it <laughs> <laughs> still yeah, yeah, yeah still which ain't bad from the day it was made but um, yeah well, it, they put me in in the SUVs afterwards they, they actually did it down at thermal and they put me in the SUVs afterwards with a professional driver oh my god the things they can make them SUVs do now, the hot SUVs, yeah. just amazing. So. It's insane. I mean, we, we had a good friend of ours that was on here, John Eltingham, that used to have an X5M, and I was in that car once, and it was like, oh, my God. Not yeah. even John's, but, I mean, just that, it's an incredible car trying to keep, I mean, speed-wise, yeah. I mean, in, on the BMW thing. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things, like, and I, I'm looking forward to your BMW, because, and I've talked about this on the series before, I am a lover of BMW. Right. I mean, my, my, my first car my, I remember is my dad's 1985 535 that had 185 horsepower and was the most poor, powerful four-door sedan in the world at the time. Wow. <laughs> you look back at that and I'm going, gold BBS wheels. Oh, God. I love those gold <laughs> BBS wheels. Oh, came on the car. Hard to find tires for it, but it was it was a little fun car. But yeah. yeah. My I love end, I th- for BMW ends pretty much at the e- the... Uh, EM3, I think. E90. I love the, I love the I, all the vintage style. When they, as soon as they got past box fenders, I, my love started to dwindle. My daily's an E46. That's my, that's so my Group B <laughs> love, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, A46 is a great car. Yeah, especially the, man, the E46 manual. Yeah. The E46 is a great car. Yeah, it, it really yeah. is. They're starting to catch on there. 
they're I, good. I think because people can't afford the E30s now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, the E46 is like, you know, the E36, <laughs> the E46, price. yeah. Well, yeah. the 36, but no, the E46 was a great car. So really as, as a man from across the pond, what, what do you like about McLaren? Are you, are you, are you, do you like what they're doing? I love what they're doing. Good. I love, you know, I'm, I'm not a supercar guy. Uh, I just... I'm just not, but I love what they're doing, and I, I, I think it's awesome to see McLaren coming across like this, and getting a. I, I don't know how the market's doing in the rest of the country, but boy, oh boy, there seems to be plenty of them about here, don't they? Yeah, yeah. We were laughing the last time we were in this episode. I think I see one almost every single day here now, which is yeah. crazy. Like people daily you, don't you move do to work. work at Microsoft. So I know, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> even then, for a car to be at that level, oh, to be I seen so often in, in all seasons is really cool. I was worried for a while because they were. I mean, they were really flooding the market. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember like some some mutual friends of ours who had MP4 12 C's, and McLaren was looking at him going, uh, "Sell it now, because what you know, you're about to be hit with the 570, the six, you know, all yeah. this stuff." So, yeah. and they uh, you know they introduced what two new cars in the last month between the 600 and the 720 Spider, and yeah, yeah. 600. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope, I hope they don't kill their own market. You know, what I mean, but people are buying them. The people I mean, are buying them, and, and, I, and I love it that it's English and the yeah. reliability is still there. So, yeah. which is good. You know. yeah, yeah, for the most part. <laughs> For the yeah. most part, yeah, everything has. Yeah, it's funny because yeah. I've been looking for Porsches, and the MP4 12 Cs keep popping up on my searches because mm-hmm. they're about the same price point. And I'm like, no, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but at least you got a place to fix it here now. Yeah, I know. So yeah, that's the good. Part. That's the other good thing is about yeah. being here is there is somewhere to fix it. Yep. You yeah. It's Finally, a, I always remember that having a a, a DBR9, the Aston Martin DBR9, and carbon fiber. You know, everything carbon mm-hmm. fiber. Everybody's like, don't you worry if that gets damaged. Like, I live in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, carbon fiber yeah. is. Don't really, worry. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, Lamborghini's got a lab here. I'm sure we can yeah. figure something out. Yeah, <laughs> well, you made, with the Boeing guys as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, our Avance cards. Have you? Did you see those getting printed? I did not. The Avance membership cards yeah. are carbon fiber, yeah. laser engraved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you're an Avance member, your official member card is carbon fiber. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That'll be something nice to scratch around in my wallet. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had one of those once when I I joined the Lamborghini Club years ago. Why I do not know. Great guys, but and the, 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 that was back when they were making carbon fiber cards out of there too. And I remember just looking at it going, if I put that in my wallet, it'll it'll die. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's well, take a, a quick break. Uh, like I said, this is a two-part episode. We're splitting it. We got a lot more stories to cover. Um, so our quick break will be an entire week for you guys. But uh, we'll be sleep back. well, you know, yeah. rested. Yeah. Um, Listen you know. to this one a few more times. Yeah, absolutely. Listen <laughs> yeah. to this a few more times <laughs> and, and get up to, get what up to speed. Yeah. What do you got to say? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> I, see, I see. This one Kate, will come out after Christmas, so it'll I hope be you had a good 28th. Christmas and right before New Year's. Yeah, yeah I hope yeah, you guys yeah. have a good yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so. Absolutely. Nice, right. seamless there, guys. Yeah, we'll really be we'll be back in one week. Thanks. All right. Oh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.